0: It is Wednesday, December 23rd, and it is time for Steve Sack Syndrome. I am Scott Bunn. I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your
1: Indie Sports Radio.
0: And we are thrilled to be in the midst of lots of football. And the NBA starts in this this week. We've got NBA coming back. So we've got football NBA. And yeah, and then some. Some hockey is there, so yeah, you know. I think someone put out an APB on the hockey league this week. Yeah, and there so someone was like A missing person. Yes, are, are we doing hockey? Are we doing this? Because <laughs> uh, we
1: could move on without, but <laughs> yes. we, we we'd like you to be on board. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so many things to talk about. But the big thing this week was the uh, college football season did finally reach its. Regular season end, which means it's now time for a college football playoff. And anytime we're going to talk college football, we reach out to good friend of the show, Tim Jackson. Tim, nice to have you with
2: us. Good to be here, guys. Uh, at the beginning of the season, before we, uh, uh, or when we talked last before the season started, I wasn't sure I would be here because I wasn't sure there was going to be a college football season. So it's good to be here. And
0: uh, thank goodness there was a college football season. I'm glad uh, it's not for more not more morbid reasons. I'm not sure if I was gonna be here. Twenty twenty, you know. <laughs> like, well, you, know <laughs> you know really. Thank goodness that we are
2: all three here. Let's
1: over most conversations, yes. <laughs> yes. Tim, I do hope it it was something that helped me get through twenty twenty knowing that on Wednesday night you are off watching a Mac football game somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And I decided that your new name is Maxion Jackson.
2: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I did enjoy the Mac this year. And uh, I I know Scott, you're a Buffalo guy with the Buffalo bills, but Buffalo Um, had a great season in the Mac, but um, yeah, it it really, um, you know, going into the season, I was uh, a a bit nervous about the whole thing and I knew that COVID was going to make everything a a mess, but for my own mental health, I have Mm. to say I was very thankful to have college football this year because three, four, sometimes five days a week, I had college football to watch. And
0: so it was pretty (laughs) fantastic. I know we have, uh, I know that a lot of us have some, uh, moral reservations about the sport of football Mm -hmm. um, and moral reservations about college football too. But just hearing you say that says like, okay, it's worth it if Tim Jackson is okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I'm with you guys, you know, I mean, I certainly have my own uh, moral reasonings to have some reservations about college football and especially this year, but for just me in a personal mm-hmm. level, it's like, oh, my God, just thank goodness I have, you know, some three-hour blocks to forget about everything else that's going on and just watch, you know, <laughs> Buffalo and Ball State or whatever. Yeah, so do uh, that about
1: you. Um, for those uh, who have listened to the show before or not, uh, yeah, uh, Tim is a big college bu- football fan, big fan of Alabama, but uh, mm-hmm. he has earned that right being from there following them for, for many, many years. But along the way, he has also just developed a flavor for all college football. Whenever it might be on, uh, he's happy to watch and tell us about it. And we'll uh, visit that uh, tendency a little later in the show. But before we get to congratulating Tim and his favorite team for a fantastic season... Let's talk a little bit about the National Football League. The
0: National Football League.
1: Which has now moved to a Saturday-Sunday schedule. Yeah,
0: that's uh, true. And um, this week, we even have Friday on uh, Christmas Christmas Day. Which I Mm -hmm.
1: mentioned a, a few episodes back. That will mean that there has been a national football game on every day of the week this season.
0: Yes, some of those... Uh, by design and some of those like well i think we're doing this on tuesday uh, yes.
1: how's wednesday at three fifteen, sound yeah <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> right i didn't realize that that game was gonna be a, a couple weeks ago or last week or whenever it was i just was started flipping around in the middle of the afternoon on a wednesday and i was like
0: why is the NFL on? So I it's been nice, it, though.
1: though. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think hey. I think they should do that every year. Just, hey, Roethlisberger, yeah. do you think you can make it? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I think I'm free. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so the the
1: Saturday games did sort of officially pronounce the state of our uh, particular favorite teams. I am a, a fan, or at least was until a few weeks back, of the now Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, I had a. An, an emotional out, outburst was I claim that you care for them and they just let you down. And they've done it again. So uh, they have now fallen to 7-7. Seven and seven. They are a mm-hmm. 500 team, will not make the playoffs, despite lots of people posing. Are they the t- one team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, yeah, in one game, once early in the year. But mm-hmm. no, not in anything that will matter. So that was the early game when they found a way to lose to the Los Angeles Chargers. But the late game was more exciting for you, Scott Bunn, as uh, your Buffalo Bills traveled to Colorado, or was that a home game?
0: Yeah, it was in the the light air of Mile High Stadium, or whatever they're calling Mile High Stadium right now. Yeah, and the Bills went to uh, the Broncos uh, and won and clinched the, the AFC East for the first time since... 1995, um, which is a long time ago. So the Bills have now made the playoffs three out of the last four years, which is really cool to say out loud. Um, but yeah, this is the first uh, division win that they've had since uh, since 1995, which was a, a long time ago. Uh, yeah, and it felt really good. I mean, the big thing was, you know, just going into the game, I was a little bit, worried because like, okay, like we've got the two division games coming up, uh, Patriots and uh, Dolphins and, you know, the Broncos can have a good defense um, and have had a good defense and have played pretty well somewhat at this season. Um, I-, I thought they were kind of better than their record. And so I was like, okay, I I hope this isn't a, a trap game for the Bills. They're traveling. And it was apparent early on that, you know, that they were like, no, we are going to win and we are going to take this team apart um, and no quarter against the Denver Broncos. And that felt kind of fun. Uh, Tom, I know you like Colin Coward uh, and he tweeted in the middle of the game. He's like, hey, um, fans of other professional football teams, we're all talking about like you know, who's better than the Kansas city chiefs, but the Buffalo bills are out here casually destroying the Denver Broncos. And that's kind of how it felt like, like Josh Allen could do basically whatever he wanted on the, on the field. Um, And yeah, there was a decisive victory and lots of text threads, lots of gifts, lots of, lots of images being shared amongst the Buffalo faithful. So it was a, it was a fun Saturday night
1: no uh congrats on that, and I very much rail against only focusing on you know one winner and the rest are losers kind of thing mm-hmm. um but great you uh, won the division looked very good along the way uh, and now all mental energy should be put towards y'all need to win a, a playoff game it's
0: true, it's true. uh yeah. yeah, and so that was the that was the big thing is like um um um, the T-shirts that that the team all got said "One Not Done," uh, which was kind of fun. And uh, so after the game, they were um, all wearing those shirts. And Josh Allen went up in front of the team and said, um, "This shirt is fine, uh, but I wanna have a shirt that says Buffalo Bills." effing super bowl champions and the place went crazy and so that's what the city of buffalo is doing now so yeah we are focused on on higher pursuits but it is good to to clinch the afc east
1: speaking of t-shirts there's a very nice moment in i don't know if you have seen the spike lee film *The five bloods Mm. uh, that was on netflix a lot of people claiming it oh best movie of the year it's good it's easy it's good um yeah but um Four guys go back to Vietnam where they you know serve together to sort of uh, find their fallen brother. Well, as, as a treasure kind of thing. Anyways, um, so a Vietnamese uh, kid comes up at some point uh, uh, and he's wearing a Atlanta Falcons <laughs> Super Bowl champion, uh, and I start cracking up. My wife's like, "Why is that so funny?" So yeah. I'm like, "Well, they make two sets of shirts for both uh, possible <laughs> winners." And then the actual winners get those t-shirts and the losing shirts get sent to a third world country uh, <laughs> to, you know, clothe the needy. So, uh, but again, it was just a really nice little spiky touch. touch.
0: Tim, have you uh, got a chance to uh, watch the Buffalo Bills play and uh, our quarterback from the University of Wyoming, Josh Allen? I have a little bit. I
2: watched, um, who did they play before Denver, um, uh, Pittsburgh yeah the Buffalo Pittsburgh game I watched that in its entirety nice and um and Josh Allen is definitely uh an impressive guy the the Bills I do think look good obviously you know Pittsburgh um is up there too with an 11 and two record, but I think B- Buffalo has proven <laughs> that they can beat anybody in the AFC. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Buffalo's chances. And also how excited are you uh, equally as, or more so with Buffalo <laughs> clinching the division or the fact that the Patriots got knocked out of the playoffs for the first time since 2008?
0: Well, clinching, uh, clinching the AFC East um, definitely ranks higher. Uh, but um, I did put in a request to Tom for an extended show to talk about the Patriots not making the playoffs. So uh, you all need to sign up for our seven part, seven hour documentary series about the New England Patriots not making the playoffs this year. So stay tuned for that. (laughs)
1: 2020, the one thing that made it worth it.
2: (laughs) Patriots out. So yeah, it's, uh, but it's been an interesting year. You know, the NFL playing every day of the week, Um, you know, I've, I've told you guys before. I grew up a Dolphins fan, and then mm-hmm. I, I've kind of, you know, I, I lived in Seattle for a while, so I kind of was a Seahawks fan. And I really haven't had a team in the last few years. But with Tua at mm-hmm. uh, with the Dolphins, it's making me look at them a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're in the wild card race. So uh, that's interesting. And and what I've really done the past probably six or eight years as i mainly watch games for the alabama players i just it's you amazing. know it's just like oh they, this team's got three alabama guys this team's got two alabama guys you know i just try to watch them um but uh but it's been a fun nfl year
0: i i do like oh go ahead tom
1: i was gonna say speaking of the fun nfl year we often will open the show with did you see the game and it goes back to after we taped last week's show, but the last week's Monday night football game, Browns Ravens was Mm. so entertaining. So so yeah, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield both playing quite well as the highly touted, um, you know, first round draft picks kind of thing. Um, But just, just the back and forth. And yet sort of the rumors of Lamar Jackson sort of having to go back to the dressing room because he was cramping, but Mm. the, the, uh, internet thought he might have been uh, evacuating his bowels instead let's just say Um, because he did have a certain kind of light skipped on his cleats as he was kind of going down the hallway and that little you know security cam but yeah it is you know fourth and long and the game is almost over for the ravens uh kind of fortunately the fill-in quarterback goes down and gets hurt and they're sort of telling Lamar, like, you, you, you gotta go. Like, it's time. <laughs> yeah. So he runs, grabs a helmet, comes in, runs a play, looks like he's running instead, throws a little flick pass, touchdown. And then they trade touchdowns and field goals back and <laughs> forth in the last two and a half minutes. And so entertaining. That game is, ex- you know. Uh, for reasons I'm going to, tell you, I just wasn't having a great Monday night last, last week. And um, I really was, uh, my wife's being very sweet. and She's like, do you want me to put some sports on? And I sort of forgot the
2: game. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> yes,
1: click. And then by the end, I was like, sports! <laughs> uh, it,
2: was, it was another one I watched in its entirety. I watched that whole game, and it, w- it was fantastic beginning to end. Yes. So, yeah, hooray. Uh, you know, sometimes the
1: featured game will be like, Oh, it was all right. Mm-hmm. But that one was delightful.
0: Yeah, it is delightful. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's really fun. We've got uh, yeah, Chase uh, Chief Saints was a was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have watched the the Cardinals Eagles game this past uh, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL.com highlights have been especially great the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, so yeah, it should be a fun end um, to this uh, to this season. Okay, we're back here on Steve Stack's Syndrome. And we've got uh, Tim Jackson here. Uh, As we said at the beginning, when we talk about college football, we have to bring on Tim. He is a lifelong Alabama, born and raised in Alabama, went to Alabama, now lives in Alabama. So, of course, we have him on the show to talk about Coastal Carolina. Welcome back, Tim.
2: It's good to be here. Hey, it's great to be here. And, and, uh, you know, Coastal Carolina is one of the great stories of the college football season. So, uh, so I'm happy to talk about them also, in, in addition to the Crimson side, <laughs> um,
1: so, before yeah, we get to the, uh, announcement of the college football playoff, you know, the, the final four, um, did you get to see the, uh, SEC
2: championship game, Alabama versus Florida? Indeed. Um, oh so, uh, Turned out to be a little more entertaining than I would have liked. (laughs)
0: Um, You wanted the casually destroying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You know,
2: 35, 17 at the half. I was like, okay, this is going, you know, uh, let's just double that and and be done with it. But uh, it did turn out to be a a little more tense there at the end than I had, uh, had hoped. Uh, Florida does have a really good offense that creates some matchup nightmares. Um, and Kyle Trask, I think, is a really good quarterback. And so it was – in some ways it was probably good that Alabama had uh, a little bit of a closer call than they had been used to all year because uh, it, it lets them know they're not maybe as invincible as they have uh, have thought. But uh, but it was a good game, and, and, you know, Alabama's stars stood out once again, you know, and, and not only – The Devontae Smith and Mac Jones have great games, but Najee Harris, I think, actually worked his way into some Heisman talk, probably not a number one or two, but uh, it's now, I think, feasible that you could have three Alabama players in the top five Heisman spots uh, with Najee coming in probably at number five.
1: Uh, There you go. So, yeah, we're we're talking about... (laughs) Ridiculous assortment of offensive talent on Alabama. I'm going to stick with uh, Matt Jones, who has mm-hmm. just been so impressive. Just really statistically has had a, a year that not many Alabama quarterbacks have had. Um, right. But is it unfair? And I I'm so guilty of uh, lumping people that he sort of reminds you of kind of the the Greg McElroys and the other you know kind of like sort of that stand that we're like yeah you know hmm, where he, he's doing things that. He's not just kind of, you know, managing the game. I mean, he, he, he's more impressive and should not be lumped into that category. But I, I sort of do the same. So, so talk me out of that.
0: <laughs> I th- well,
2: I think <laughs> that uh, Mac Jones is a good game manager. It, it, you know, if you watched uh, a couple of games this year, you know, he, he's good at taking what the defense gives him. Uh, But I think he is different from a Greg McElroy or even A.J. McCarron. For one, he's got an amazing deep ball that is accurate. And just every time he lets it go, you just assume it's going to be a touchdown because he's just so good with that deep ball. Uh, I mean, he doesn't, doesn't throw the slant. I don't think nearly as good as Tua did, who I think Tua had probably the best slant throw I've ever seen anybody do. But Mac Jones has, has definitely come along, uh, kind of paid his dues, has, you know, kind of came from that sort of game manager tradition. But I think when you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, his um, completion percentage, and his overall passer efficiency rating, uh, you know, quarterback rating, uh, I mean, it's just off the charts. I mean, it's equal or better than what Joe Burrows was last year. So um, those – particular stats yeah I think he's proven that he is a, a little bit more elite than some of the other game managers but it's a little easier to do when you've got Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and uh, you know good tight ends and a couple of more good receivers and a great offensive line you know that can make you I mean I think Matt Jones has only been sacked like eight times this year in 11 games so that helps, <laughs> you know, some, some quarterbacks are immediately scrambling for their lives uh, after about two seconds. And uh, Mac has had some time to stand back for five or six seconds and throw the ball. So that helps as well. But I do think he's a really good player, very accurate, a great deep ball, and um, and can take, take what the defense gives him. It's just tricky for, and then we're
1: just sort of talking about individual accomplishments instead of the team, which has been great all, all year. Uh, And not surprisingly finished the season at number one. But yeah, Najee Harris, again, just like he might be potentially the best of the running backs that have come out of the program. But you just see him sort of like, well, that's what they do. So it's it's sort of unfair. Like, yeah, they go and get the best players in the country. So (laughs) it's not just like uh, plugging in some standard athlete. But uh, sometimes you don't sort of. At least I know I'm guilty of not giving these players the full credit because, like, well, yeah, Alabama does that every year. It's like it doesn't mean that Najee Harris isn't ridiculously talented. <laughs> um, he just follows in a, a lineage of ridiculously talented running backs.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, when you've got guys that have come before you, going back to you know Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry and Eddie Lacy and. Um, Kenny and Drake and Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs playing for your Raiders. Um, you know, I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of guys in the NFL right now that uh, are, were Alabama running backs. And so it's just he sort of blends in with all those guys. But uh, he has had some amazing plays this year. I think he's a better receiver than most of those other guys. Um, you know, he had three receiving touchdowns in the SEC championship game. And uh, in addition to the two on the ground, so I think that five touchdown performance really boosted his visibility and uh, and Heisman talks. but um, but he's a he's a really good running back, and I think you know there's a good chance he'll be the first running back chosen in the NFL draft next year.
0: So with this victory over Florida, Alabama is back to number one. They're the number one seed going into the college football playoff. And so they are number one. Clemson's number two. We have Ohio State number three. And somehow Notre Dame is number four. Um, there's, so Tom is already making faces. Um, so I know I'm not the biggest of college football um, followers, but when uh, when that sort of level of argument reaches my, uh, my senses, I know that is controversial. All I know is that some people were like, Really, in the fourth place, we should just see if the New York Jets should just be in there and see how the, how they fare against those teams. And I'm like, that I, I would sign up for that. I really would like to see that. Or the Jags, like, put them in there. But, yes, so Notre Dame um, – was able to uh clinch that number four even though i know that there is much tearing of hair and pulling of hair and uh that cincinnati or coastal carolina some other teams should be in there uh for me i i don't like it that notre dame's in the acc so like it just immediately sort of um makes it not worth it anyways but uh so Tim, what do you have a, a feeling about this uh, this controversy, or you're like, ah, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Alabama is just going to win anyways.
2: Well, I hope I hope that's the case, and um, <laughs> but I, you know, the the I was thinking about this today, knowing I was going to be on the show, and I have <laughs> knowing see... you were going to have to talk to Tom <laughs> <laughs> exactly to see how about <laughs> He's been very gentle so far, so I'm expecting bad things to happen really soon. But, um, but that with Notre Dame and Ohio State, you know, I've been thinking all day there's a big part of me that thinks neither of those teams deserve to be there. But then the other part of it is, but then who do you put in? Because I think you've got about a half dozen teams that kind of have an argument uh i mean you, you mentioned coastal carolina and um cincinnati both of which are undefeated um certainly texas a&m played an all sec uh schedule had only one loss that one loss was to alabama so you know they were certainly thinking that they should be there um i mean san jose state 7-0 and yeah it would yep. be kind of crazy for them to be in the, in the, the playoffs but hey they won their division Are won their conference and uh, are undefeated. And when people are talking about Ohio State, they're like, well, they won their conference and they're undefeated. Well, yeah, but they played six teams, four (laughs) of which had losing records. The two that did have winning records were Indiana and Northwestern, not teams that particularly strike fear into the hearts of opponents. And so, yeah, they're they're undefeated and they won their conference, but – you know, there's certainly a history of teams that have gone, you know, 5-0, and 6-0, and then finished 6-6, and you know. So you mm-hmm. don't know. I think that Ohio State has kind of that unfair advantage in that for teams that played 9, 10, 11 games, there's a lot more. You know, Alabama lost Landon Dickerson, their best offensive lineman in the SEC championship. You know, we lost uh, Waddle a few games prior to that. You know, Ohio State didn't have as many games to have that wear and tear, injuries, and go through that grind. They should be a much fresher team than any of the other three that are in it. So that was a question, but then it's like, well, who do you put in? And then um, to Tom's nodding of his head about Notre Dame, I was – You know, I didn't think Notre Dame was a top-four team going into the season. I didn't think they were a top-four team when they beat Clemson in double double overtime without Trevor Lawrence, when Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. And And other players. And and I don't think they're a top-four team today. You know, I mean, they just got throttled by Clemson um, by 24 points. And so how do you say that they're one of the top-four teams after that? Um, you know, you look at their the games that they played. Um, I mean, they only played a couple teams with winning records, which were Pitt and Boston College, and they were six and five other than North Carolina. So the, their marquee win, other than that weird double overtime win when Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence, their marquee win is against University of North Carolina, which was a good team this year, seven, and three, you know, they are a good team, but they're a smaller
1: team. You know that's get right. so Notre Dame can go in and push them around again. I'm not making uh, you know, uh, sweeping generalizations, but yeah, as a little bit more of kind of the you know scholar school, they don't necessarily get the like the giant uh, athlete kind of guy. So Mac Brown's done a nice job, but yeah, mm-hmm. they can get pushed around by a bigger team, which is exactly what Notre Dame did to them. They are just just a, a larger team going against uh, the guys with the you know good intentions. Um, Right. For me, yeah, just pay attention to the, the the most recent evidence is is the thing I would just kind of look to. the fact that any of this uh, makes uh, anyone's heart race uh, jump is silly because it's just going to be Alabama and, and Clemson in the final as it should be because they are the two powerhouses of our time. Thank Mm -hmm. you sports gods for giving us great college programs. It's just silly that we have to sort of go through this, but one of the other teams in that top four, just played them last week, and it wasn't particularly competitive um so mm-hmm. you already know they just they don't really match up against the number two team um, it, it just recent history, I know which I, I don't think is a good argument you know i don't like bringing in recent history no it's only it matters what about the team this year, but we've just seen Alabama destroy Notre Dame um, mm-hmm. not too long ago, and you just know that that's going to happen again, so that most likely would happen with cincinnati or other things but it's 2020 i just thought like let's take a chance to just like take a flyer and just like Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's still going to be alabama clemson in the end it'll be a great final um Mm -hmm. so who are you going to throw in to sort of get rolled by alabama um why not have some fun with it it's not going to be entertaining to have notre dame do exactly what you think they're going to do which is oh they just don't match up against this team um so that's all. So I just thought they had an out. They had a chance to, you know, avoid the kind of same old song and dance. He said, right. <laughs> getting, uh, doing uh, something, but, um, just that you had a chance to just, just like, what? I can't believe they did that. Well, 2020, you know, like you, you <laughs> had your get out of jail free card. And instead you went with, oh, we just mixed it up a little bit. And instead of, uh, them being the second team, they're the fourth team, and they're the third team. It's, it's like, ah, uh, you had a chance, and you just went bland. Yeah, you just went status yeah. quo,
0: mommy. Yeah. Money.
2: It, well, I was going to say it, it makes you I, I hate to be overly cynical, but I probably am by nature in general. But <laughs> it definitely makes you think about, well, what four teams are going to have the best TV ratings? That's all uh, it is. The
0: four that are in there. That's all you it know. is. Yeah. You know, is
2: anybody going to be as interested in an Alabama Cincinnati one versus four matchup versus an Alabama Notre Dame? No, there's going to be a whole lot more eyeballs on the TV for Alabama Notre Dame. But, I mean, Cincinnati's 9-0. They won their conference. They um, Their average margin of victory was 23 points. You know, they had some wins against some pretty decent teams. I mean, Tulsa, UCF, Memphis, SMU Army, those are as good as Northwestern and uh, <laughs> Michigan State and, you know, all those this year. So, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity, like Tom said, to, hey, let's take a chance. Here's an undefeated conference champion. Let's put them in that four spot. And then, but nope, I think money was it. I think eyeballs on on TV sets was the answer. Uh, and, and and so how it
1: often is. Um, but yay, Alabama isn't yet. So Tim keeps winning. I don't have a lot. We'll, we'll get there, talk about it, But I don't have a lot to say about uh, Alabama in terms of them being a little you know, lucky or, but no, they have looked very good. And I know uh, Nick Saban has taken this sort of COVID year challenge very seriously. Um, And I, it's somehow even made them kind of button up even just a little bit more than they usually do. Uh, I do do not see a lot of inconsistency in this team. Um, Maybe on the defensive side, because they have lost some players. They're not as strong, but uh, I think Alabama has, has, has responded and like, we will, if we're going to lose, we will be the reason um, and, and not anything else. And, and, and they have not lost yet. And it hasn't really been close yet. So uh, nothing but praise for Alabama so far. Just not real happy with
0: the organizers of the college football playoff. All right, we've got Tim Jackson here on the program. We are talking about college football and the playoffs, and we're doing it all again. What I love the most about um, about the arguments around college football is when I was coming up, people would argue like, Who gets to be the number one? Who gets to be the national champion? Who gets to be number one? And then they said, okay, we'll do a national championship game. And then people would argue about who gets to be the top two teams that are there. And then they said, okay, we're going to do a college football playoff. Everybody says, great. Then we've got four teams that are in the playoffs. And then everybody argues about who should be the four teams. So we've got the four teams, and we've got Clemson, Alabama favored to meet one more time. Yes.
1: And now we just really argue about who should lose to Alabama and Clemson um, before they eventually play. (laughs) So, uh, Tim, I know it's always a tricky thing to talk about an eventual matchup that hasn't yet um, been guaranteed yet. Uh, I am often on this show uh, saying that I've written emails to CBS complaining about John McElroy talking about a tennis match um, before it's actually over. Um, So I know it's a little uh, bad uh, protocol on that. But should it end up that Alabama and Clemson match, off, match up against each other in the national uh, title game? First off, hooray, how awesome that these two remarkable programs have emerged at the same time and uh, get to square off against each other. But uh, what is it that you think you know? Alabama brings to potentially this game this year that might be a little different, might be a stronger advantage and. Still, what are you always a little nervous about when you know you have to play Clemson potentially at some point?
2: Well, uh, hopefully, Coach Saban is not listening to this show, so <laughs> perhaps I can escape with my life about talking about a win beyond the next game. Um, certainly, I send
0: him a link every week, so
2: <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble there. <laughs> so, uh, but certainly, the Vegas odds makers uh, have Alabama beating Notre Dame and. Uh, Clemson beating uh, Ohio state. So uh, the the odds are that those two teams would meet in a national championship. I do think it would be a, a fantastic game if that were to happen. Um, you know, I think Clemson certainly all year from, from before the season even started has been the team that as an Alabama fan has scared me the most mm-hmm. because I believe that they're just a, a powerful and balanced Team, They don't have any real weaknesses. They're good on both offense and defense. Uh, And then on offense, they have a good running game and a good passing game. They're not one dimensional like, you know, Florida, which gave Alabama fits in the SEC championship. Fantastic passing team. Uh, some amazing matchup problems, but they had really no running game to, to speak of. Well, Clemson's not that way. They've got that same kind of passing game, but they also have a running game to go with it and a really good defense uh, led by Brent Venables, uh, the defensive coordinator who seemingly has been there since Clemson's been a university. So um, so uh, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. We talking about that uh, earlier.
1: That's impressive that Clemson maintains their coaching staff. Uh, something about, you know, Dabo and just, you know, we all come together and God's smiling on our shoulder and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, but whatever, it seems to work that people do feel family ties there and don't just peel off to go quickly coach at a, you know, um, you know, a, a second tier school, just, just to take a job that, you know, they're, they're happy to be there
2: and they get paid quite well. Right. Yeah, they definitely do. And that has been a, an issue with Alabama in recent years. Uh, you know, it's like every end of the season, about four or five assistants seem to go somewhere else to take head coaching jobs, or uh, you know, they're a receivers coach, and then they're going to be an offensive coordinator or somewhere else. So, um, so it has uh, been an, an issue for Alabama in the past, but I, I do think you know, your, Alabama and Clemson are the cream of the college football right now, and it does seem fitting that. In this weird, wacky COVID crazy year, that's you know those two teams once again have been the most consistent and have risen to the top. So we'll we'll see if they uh, get by their respective opponents on New Year's Day, um, and if they do, I think it will be another epic battle for the championship.
0: That's right. Uh- I think I presented this as an opportunity that they should do a best of seven series, right?
2: That's right. I, every day, every every single day, play each other, and let's uh, you know just battle it out.
0: We would Mix tune in. For...
2: One
1: day, seven on seven. Next
2: day is the punt, pass, and kick competition.
1: Andy Reid can come out of the stands, <laughs> leave the helmet still fits.
2: Didn't... And, and, and I'm watching it. Trust me, I'm I'm watching yeah, all
1: it. of it. Now all that would be entertaining. Yeah, they're just so good. Uh, I wonder how it plays in, should it be that, with Trevor Lawrence sort of knowing this is probably his last college football game, um, and does it end up with him just trying a little too hard? That was surprising right. about the LSU game last year. Was That was the first time I ever saw Trevor Lawrence, like, just a little off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that had a lot to do that, you know, LSU has defense flying all around, and it's, it's not just any old team. But still, right. he just was throwing it a little harder than usual. It seemed like he was just trying a little too hard, which I call Lamar Jackson syndrome. Lamar Jackson is fantastic, but you can right. see in some games he just wants to win, that he's just literally trying too hard. So he, like, right. sails the throw and things like that. Oh, hey, one play at a time. That uh, I would think that might be – whereas I don't see any of that in Mac Jones's game. I think he's just like, one play at a time, know my role. Um, so that 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 could play – Uh, If Trevor Lawrence is trying to make some final flourish, maybe he just tries a little too hard.
2: Yeah, it definitely could be. That you're exactly right in that LSU game last year in the championship, he he definitely seemed to be pressing um and the performance sort of illustrated that. Because Clemson didn't just like barely lose that game. They got beat pretty soundly by LSU. And that was you know a historically good LSU team. But um but certainly that's my hope as an Alabama fan is that uh, Lawrence presses a little bit. Uh, Maybe Alabama can uh, hold the running game down a a bit, Uh, but the other thing about Trevor Lawrence too is he can really hurt you with his legs. I mean, that's the—he's surprisingly fast with that big lanky stride that he has, and um, you know, so if the pocket breaks down, you know, he can bust out a twenty-yard run on you in a heartbeat. So sure can.
1: That's how they started the rally against Ohio State last year, second Mm -hmm. half. um, He just. Next thing you know, like forty-five yards just down the field in a blink, and you're like, "Oh, right, that's possible too." And right. then you could tell they sort of found their their mojo from that play. Um, right, just the, right. The feel of the offense shifted from that from from that point on.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of the things that worries me. Uh, you know, like Kyle Trask is probably not going to hurt you a whole lot with his his legs, but. Um, you know, certainly Trevor Lawrence can can really hurt a team by just tucking the ball and, and running with it. So that's a, a whole other option that they have in addition to his arm and a uh, great running back. So uh, it'll be interesting for sure. So knowing that Alabama's uh, defense this year
1: is not maybe at the same level it has been in some years past, mm-hmm. how many think how many points do you think Alabama? would need to score in order to sort of
2: outmatch Clemson's output uh, to. to... I mean, my guess is it's going to be kind of like the SEC. I I think it's going to be in like a 52 to 45 kind of game. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those just back and forth, both teams scoring, because even though I think Clemson's got a pretty solid defense, I mean, Alabama's got an amazing offense that just has so many weapons Um, I mean, they're averaging 49.7 points a game, Alabama is. And I think that they're going to need pretty much a 50 point game if they're going to beat Clemson. So um, in terms of entertainment, (laughs) will will my heart be like jumping out of uh, my skin? Yes. But in terms of entertainment... If we get to an Alabama Clemson national championship, it should be fantastic. Yeah, as a neutral TV viewer, uh, the idea of a fifty two
1: forty eight game, yes, please. Yes. Uh, all right. So that is the eventual, the big bowl game, the the main bowl game. But there are some other bowl games happening this year. Some some teams opted out, and uh, it was understandable. While some schools might be like, we're just. So happy that we made it through eight games. Let, let's just let's, let's, we can stop this now. But there are some bowl games, so we always love playing, um, bringing up a bowl game, saying it's fun, odd title, and asking Tim Jackson, "Will you be watching?" Scott, take it away.
0: And Tim, we uh, you already missed one. Uh, we had the Myrtle Beach Bowl was playing today, um, Appalachian as of recording App State versus North Texas, and you already missed a bowl game. I can't believe it.
2: I don't know it was it was pretty painful. It was the first one of the season. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually have a, a freelance client that I typically do stuff for every Monday morning, but the schedule got weirdly kind of shifted this week, and I had to do all that stuff in the afternoon. And by mm. the time I finished, the game was over. I'm very upset, but hey, go App State! <laughs> Did you send an angry email? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will, and I won't make <laughs> that mistake tomorrow with the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. That's Nevada versus Tulane. I'm watching you. You're there. Tim That's Jackson right.
0: will be watching that game. But the, <laughs> you know,
2: I... clean my schedule.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nothing else the rest of the two weeks. <laughs> Because you have this to look forward to. When I was looking at the bowl games, when I was looking at my alma mater, I was like, oh, did they make uh, a bowl game? I got to see that Wake Forest is playing Wisconsin Wednesday, December 30th at noon. They are playing in Charlotte, North Carolina the Duke's Mayo Ball. Tim Jackson, will you be watching that game and eating something with mayo on it?
2: I will be eating a giant ham sandwich slathered in Duke's Mayo. And I do have <laughs> Duke's Mayo. It is in the fridge right now. And I will be pulling for Wake Forest. And I think Wake Forest is going to pull a, a, an upset and beat Wisconsin in that game. By the way, Scott Bunn, congratulations. Three out of the last four years, Wake Forest, your college team, and Buffalo Bills, your pro team,
0: have gone into the postseason. So, I, I've watched pretty much every single game of one of those teams, and pretty much zero <laughs> games of the other team. But I'll take it all. All right. Well, let's let's turn the tables in, Scott.
2: Bunn. Duke's mail bowl, December thirtieth.
0: You watching? I, I'm going to. I'm a I I'm supposed to be working that day. So but. no one tell my bosses, but maybe I could just have that on and have a a bowl of mayo that I can just sample from the entire time.
1: Perfect. Keep mentioning a bowl of mayo or dunks, as uh, some folks like to call it, reminds me uh, a friend. Uh, Scott, you know our, our friend Andy Corn uh, yes. references. There was a woman in his neighborhood who would stand on the porch and she literally would take a stick of butter and dunk it in mayonnaise and just sort of eat it kind of thing. And I've never been able to shed that image of just like, how you folks doing? Just like dipping her stick of butter into a bowl of mayonnaise and just sort of like uh, eating it like a Christmas treat. Um, uh, all right. So the dunks is great, uh, but there are just a few others.
0: A couple more. So Tim, we've got two bowl games happening at the same time uh saturday december 26th oh, at noon. Choice. <laughs> So yes this is this is tough for you tim you've got the fbc mortgage cure bowl that's liberty versus coastal carolina or the union home mortgage gasparilla bowl that's uh, south carolina versus uab tim jackson which of those bowl games will you be watching
2: all right, as, as I said earlier in the show, I have become a Coastal Carolina fan this year. They've had an incredible year. They've beaten some really good teams. I'm watching Coastal Carolina hopefully beating Liberty, but my backup game is going to be UAB South Carolina. So once you know we go to a commercial on that Coastal Carolina game, boom, over to UAB. You're doing it doing it i'm watching them both but my main one will be coastal carolina and liberty
1: yes uh the the makeup of the game that they didn't get to play earlier season so yeah those are two interesting names so uh, the mortgage cure bowl um, does sound like a euphemism for gambling (laughs) and then the mortgage gasparilla bowl sounds like what you say when you lose that
0: bet oh gasparilla (laughs) lost the house yeah uh, so on later that day on Saturday, december 26 <laughs> we have Western Kentucky playing Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl, which I wish would be redubbed the Giving Tree Bowl. so you mm. could do it as like the the classic children's um, school uh, school book. Tim Jackson, will you be watching the Lending Tree Bowl? I will definitely be watching the Lending Tree Bowl. <laughs> I will be just going straight from the games
2: before that into that one, Western Kentucky versus Georgia State in Mobile, Alabama, uh, for the Lending Tree Bowl or the Giving Tree Bowl if you want to go that route, which I, I prefer, Scott. I like the, the Giving Tree Bowl. And uh, I'm going with Western Kentucky in that game.
0: Okay, so two uh, two last ones that I want to bring up. These are like traditional bowl games, the Gator Bowl and the Citrus Bowl, mm-hmm. but I do like the sponsors of both of these. So the Gator Bowl is the Tax Slayer bowl, Gator Bowl, which is a little little ominous. Uh, and then the Citrus Bowl is the VRBO Citrus Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought we were trying not to promote traveling at this time but here's vrbo's like screw it we're paying for a bowl game so you can watch auburn versus number 14 northwestern on new year's day
2: Uh, so that is a new year's day game and that will be um prior to the alabama notre dame game which has a four o'clock eastern time so i will be definitely watching that citrus bowl cheering for northwestern go wildcats Uh, And for your work schedule, they have
1: conveniently made those New Year's Day games on a Saturday.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, they definitely have um, a whole Saturday slate because, yeah, like you say, the Tax Slayer uh, Gator Bowl is on uh, January 2nd. So they've got a a few of those. By the way, I'm going with NC State on that Tax Slayer Gator Bowl.
0: Do we um, so before we're just about done with the game uh, with this game, Tim? but do you see your family during this time? Well, I normally do, but this year I
2: actually, um, (laughs) other than my dear wife, who you all know, Taryn, um, other than her, I probably won't. So she does a lot of crafting
0: during bowl season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that has been another year getting to play tim jackson will you be watching this bowl game okay tim jackson thank you so much
2: love uh, it. no problem guys always a pleasure i love the idea
1: how during the the COVID times sadly we've seen a lot of images of people sort of like waving to their family through kind of sliding glass doors um that actually happens every year where tim is just sort of in his football den and like
0: <laughs> Y'all, y'all take care. we got yeah. your games on. <laughs> I got my bowl of mayo.
2: I'm all set. <laughs> we'll try a bowl of mayo and some Cheez-Its. I'll just there dip them
1: in. Uh, well, i love playing that with you, Tim. So glad you could uh, be with us
0: tonight. We've got Tim Jackson with us for just a couple more minutes. But, Tom, you've got a sports entertainment analogy. I can't wait to hear what this is.
1: Sports meets Christmas entertainment. So when the... Pittsburgh Steelers did uh, lose a a few weeks back to the Washington football team. That was the end of their perfect season, which meant that the 1972 Miami Dolphins, those who remained, got together and popped some champagne to remain the last undefeated team. Um, My analogy of that was anybody who was involved with the 1966 production of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas I feel like with every version that comes out since then, I think they go, "That was terrible." We still remain the only definitive version of how the Grinch stole Christmas. Because there was the version with Jim Carrey, who I enjoyed greatly. That was terrible. It was just, what was that? I feel dirty for watching this. And then there was a animated movie that came out last year. That had some jokes in it, a lot of, but still, you're like, no, none of this gets that dark dirty Boris Karloff feel to it and then this year they have the Grinch the musical starring Matthew Morrissey, Morrison the, the teacher from Glee and I'm like what has happened to this series so I just feel like every time one of those new productions of the Grinch comes out everybody in that 1966 versions get together smokes a cigar toasts some champagne and we're like we're still undefeated.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if it was still, like, Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris who did that? Like, every time there's, like, a perfect thing thing, they're like, let's cut to Larry Zonka, who's pouring the champagne for the Grinch who stole Christmas. Yeah, those things were unnecessary. My my kids watched the the second one that you mentioned, and I was like, why is this even, why does this even exist? Like, it's just a... A way to get an hour and a half version out of a yeah. perfect 52 minutes you 25 know?
1: minutes no the original is, is, is 25 oh, minutes yeah
0: that's right that's right so yeah. good it's, it's just
1: pure essence of everything um so that that was that was that was my reach on that um
0: that's a good uh, one
1: sam very quickly i know we just have uh, like a minute or two you are also uh do things uh, as part of a a website and a magazine where you're doing like end of year lists. Uh, Share a little bit about what you do uh, for Diddy. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Diddy TV, which is an Americana and roots music channel uh, that you can get either via an app or through, you know, places like Roku and uh, fire and, stick and apple tv and all that um anyway so uh, americana roots music music videos uh i do their website do a lot of their news and yeah you're exactly right we have been doing some end of the year kind of best of albums and lists and all that sort of stuff so um check out dizzytv.com and uh and see all the the news items that i've plugged into the news section there so um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty fun. And, um, for those who like Americana music, and if you don't know about it, it's, it's good to tune into.
0: Hey, Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It's always fun to, to hear you talk about college football, but really it's just fun to just talk to you. Happiest of holidays to you, Tim.
2: Indeed. Well, happy holidays to you guys. It's always a pleasure to be on the show.
0: Thanks again, Tim Jackson. Thanks for everybody who's listening. We'll see you next week.